And I think striving for happiness and striving for personal fulfillment is the most important thing in life because you have only that one. You have only those years that are given to you. Um, so good morning. Thank you everyone for joining Fork and Nana Talk Show. Uh, today we have a really special guest, uh, Timo. Uh, Timo actually traveled 53 countries uh, with his uh, young age. I can't believe that uh, it's crazy number to be honest. I really, as I told, I already told him that I really waited to see uh, or to actually see him and meet him today and actually hear the story. Um, so Timo, yeah, without further uh, talking, because I like to talk <laughs> a lot, as you probably everybody know. Uh, Timo, nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me. So Timo, uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about the experience uh, in general, traveling 53 countries, which is amazing. And of course, the uh, latest uh, kind of change that you're doing in your life, uh, moving as a digital nomad and actually starting to work fully online, quit the five to nine, most amazing, the nine to five, sorry, and uh, most amazing move, I can tell. Um, please tell us. Yeah, of course. I'm, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, I mean, um, honestly, I always love traveling. Um, I, I think I, I kind of got that virus, so to say, of traveling and to go to new countries from my parents. Um, we were always traveling as children already, so... Uh, I have to add that those 53 countries are really like my my total countries covered in my whole life. So already as a, I don't know, youngster, I was traveling with my parents, mainly, um, well, back then, mainly in Europe, um, in our caravan, um, sailing also on rented yachts. Um, my father is a sailor. I do have my licenses as well. I'm lacking a bit the experience, but I do have the licenses. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I kind of uh, always loved traveling. I got infected with that virus. And um, my first big trip I did during my studies, I went for uh, almost nine months to Brazil to do an internship there. I interrupted my studies for that and said, okay, I want to go somewhere abroad, but I don't want to study there. I want to do something that is, um, yeah, like paying into my, my career. Uh, and that was doing an internship as a software developer. Um, I have to say I fell in love with South America. So that happened in that time, even though I was back then only in Brazil and like just hopping over to um, to Argentina once. But I fell in love and I was like feeling, okay, I want to see more of that continent. And then after finishing my studies, I said, okay, let's get the backpack and do some backpacking in Peru on the other side, like on the West Coast of South America. And I went to Peru with a friend. I went to um, Bolivia. I went into Chile, uh, a little bit Argentina, even Uruguay, and then again to Brazil. So that was basically two months all in all traveling there. And that was like the second time I got infected by that backpacking style, you know, just moving around freely, don't plan anything, just, I don't know, continue whenever you feel like continuing. So, yeah, that, that basically continued. I went to Costa Rica. I went again to Chile and Argentina between two jobs. I was still full employed by that time. Um, after my studies, I, of course, went into a normal job as a wow. software developer. Um, but I had um, changes of jobs, quit one, and then I had some some months, uh, well, two months left, um, like in between and a break. So I went to Chile and Argentina. I went all the way down to um, to Patagonia, to Tierra del Fuego, um, which was super amazing. This was one of the most amazing places in the world. And yeah, um, eventually... That was 2012, 2012. I uh, met my today's wife. Um, she's Peruvian, originally Peruvian. I met her, I didn't meet her in Peru. I met her in Germany, actually. That's what most people always think. Like, <laughs> that's funny, yeah. That's not the case. So um, 
And I basically infected her with the travel virus as well and took her to Indonesia. We went to Sri Lanka. We went to Peru of her home country. We went to Canada together, uh, Southeast Asia. So um, we did a lot. And I, and by that time, I kind of moved a bit away from the backpacking style and said, okay, let's go by rental cars, which I totally enjoyed because then you have the freedom plus the possibility to move around easily. And I did an amazing road trip on my own in um, Canada, 2018, uh, five weeks road trip, like wow. all in the remote. That was amazing, sleeping in the car even. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, that's basically what I did in traveling while still being full employed. Mm -hmm. And in this employment, I was always asking myself, I mean, why do I have to stay in offices? You know, why do I have to go there? We are working oh online. God. We are having I'm online. I'm with meetings. you. I'm with you. Exactly. Exactly. So I quite early started with that idea of asking for more home office with, well, I'd say limited or no success actually back then, because it was simply, I think the the whole office culture, company cultures, especially in Germany, um, was not really prepared for that yet. And I was then later like the one that was talking about even giving talks of blog entries in the companies, talking about remote work, you know, like work wherever you want. And the people were always laughing at me were like saying, okay, I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. That yeah, you're dreaming. You're dreaming, buddy. I was yeah. dreaming and then we had COVID now, then we had COVID and we were all in the home office. So apparently it became more popular. It became possible. The companies adapted to it. And with all those changes and with all those experiences that I got, I eventually decided in the middle of COVID, some people would call me crazy, to quit my job and became a free freelancer, right? So I started my self-employment did basically the same job as before, but it gave me a lot more freedom because now I was kind of legally able to choose where I work from. They can't dictate you anymore. And yeah, with that, with the time, I became interested in this whole phenomenon of digital nomading and what is it about? What, what, what does it mean? I was dreaming of road trips in a camper, maybe even in an expedition vehicle. That was always my dream. Um, I read a lot of blogs, I followed YouTube channels, I followed podcasts about that lifestyle and so on. But honestly, before COVID, that was always dreaming. That was, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a German, I'm a traditional German, I would say. I was raised with that idea of, yeah, you settle down, you get children, you build a house, you have a yeah. like career. You know, yeah. like this, so the typical, um, yeah, life. And when COVID came, that was actually the, the major impact to me that it showed me there's another life, there's another possibility. There's this nomading and it becomes more popular. It's not a movement of some hippies that don't want to work or something, you mm -hmm. know, and spend their time at the beaches, but it's actually a real, a real phenomenon. It works. Right. And even when like public TV stations in Germany started to report about it, I was like saying, well, OK, it's arrived in public. It's like it's, it's there. starting. It's exactly yeah. There, right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, with my freelancing, that dream was back. I was like feeling, OK, you are free to go. Apart from the fact that I was married by that time already. And that my wife didn't want to train, uh, want to join that lifestyle because she wanted to work like uh, fixed in a in a hospital, and so that led to kind of some problems, of course. And that is not currently my state that I'm, yeah, considering. Is that compatible, or should I really go for that dream? Because it is a dream, and my dream is really to live that life. I don't say I want to live it forever, but I want to live it now. And you want to experience. You said this young guy, I'm already 40, <laughs> so I don't consider myself that young anymore. Um, but I feel like 40 years young, yes. 
<laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, that's good to know. <laughs> I take it. I take it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I really want to 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 live that and um I am simply, even though I'm 40, that's what I always think. I'm not prepared for that standard life yet, honestly. I would just like explore, go out there and combine that with that working lifestyle of a nomad, right? Before you do that, you don't actually get the holding or the idea fully. Like what is the benefits and what is even the disadvantage as well? Uh, of course, that being a nomad, it's not easy. Um, and taking such an a lot of people would say like crazy step okay uh, for example like I spoke with my uncle before we came here to Guatemala uh, he is living in Mexico for I think 40 years now something like that it's like what are you doing you have a career you have your agency everything is working well and why are you doing this such idiotic move and I'm like, okay, I'm actually not doing anything. I'm just living one place. Now I move to another place and I'm doing literally the same thing in different hours. That's it. This is the only exactly. thing that's changed. Um, now, before that, uh, even though that I had like my agency, you know, for three years working online completely, no strains, only clients and stuff like that. And same thing that you're experiencing right now. I still live kind of in the same life. I didn't move. I didn't like, went to a new kind of journey or because it was like really scary to do that is really, really I think the first part or taking the step is like this the hardest part um and after that you kind of get it into it you know uh, yeah. after that you're just moving around and you start to feel it and this is my kind of personal experience and it really related to what you're saying to to your you know idea of I couldn't, I, I thought it's like, you know, EP kind of, EPGP kind of thing yeah. that nobody actually just traveling backpacking. Yeah, I did it in my 20s. No no worries. I I mean, it's fun and everything, but I don't see myself backpacking, fully backpacking uh, with my, you know, job and everything and my agency and all of my responsibilities. Now, when you think about it, I'm like, a lot of the people, you know, tell me, okay, you have like your... 20 backpacking trip all over again you're starting like you're doing it again I'm like no i mean like really different kind of environment i'm chilled i'm more relaxed i'm totally kind of, yeah. yeah totally i, totally. I, I yes. went from you know um yeah so i really love your your like what you're saying i'm really yeah. re getting like really related to it um let me ask you a couple of hard questions okay tricky of questions course. Of course, <laughs> uh, fifty-three countries, um, and I know it's in different situations, different times in in your life. If you would imagine where you're standing right now, uh, which you already took the step, uh, and it's less scary after you're taking the step, uh, which is the country that you're gonna see yourself like coming back to the next couple of years for sure, no matter what, you're gonna be there and experience yourself like living not as a backpacker but as actually nomad or expert for a long term. Yeah, yeah. I could, I mean, I'm just right back today from a two and a half month stay um, in South Africa. So I just yeah. arrived this morning back to Germany. Um, I fell absolutely in love with that country and especially the city of Cape Town. It is just amazing. It is like it offers you a variety of everything. So I could definitely imagine to live there for as long as the visa permits, which is not that long. It's three months. So it can be extended. Maybe it can be half a year, but not always. That could definitely be an option. But honestly, on my trips, I have been to a couple of countries that I would think that would be possible. Even Bali would be possible. I want to go back to Bali. I did not see that much, honestly, on our trip because we had limited time. Again, this vacation thing, you know, it was four or five weeks, but we we were mainly on Java and then hopped over to Bali and had like, I don't know, two weeks on Bali, which is way too long. It's not enough. Yeah, not um, enough. So, I mean, there's a lot of countries. I love Canada, definitely. I do have, I bought this summer, I bought a camper van, which is still based in Germany. So I want to go with that camper van. I did already like work from there. Um, I want to explore the Scandinavian countries this summer, 
I'm not sure if I would like want to live there, but with the camper van, it would be great. I would even have that camper van shipped somewhere, maybe Canada, Canada, road trip to Canada or through Canada and the US. That would be super great. Um, so, you know, I can imagine a lot of countries and I would actually see it the way. Let's just stay as long as the visa permits and as long as you want to stay, you know, I mean, staying longer doesn't necessarily mean I have to stay there for half a year. I can move on after three months if I say that's that's sufficient for me. If not, then I just try to extend it or I move out to a visa run and come back. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of options and I would just go with the flow. And that is actually the thing that I mainly learned and that I enjoyed that much. I had, maybe I have to add that, I had a kind of steep jump, but also soft jump into this nomadism. I attended the Berlin conference about digital nomads, digital nomad conference. And I just attended now in November, the nomad-based community live event in Cape Town. That's the way how I ended up in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. And this community is amazing. It is just amazing. And to, to kind of connect to what you just said is not hippies. It's people that have a profound business that are even way more successful than I am uh, with their business and they still travel the world. And they are people that reflect a lot, that are mentally really on a high level, that are in a personal development on a high level because they have seen so much, right? And they have experienced so much and they have to mm -hmm. be organized and things like that. So I think that is a thing that we should not forget that this nomading asks you for a lot and that's why you can become yeah so to say a better person regarding to personal development right absolutely um i can feel it right now even you know because just a matter of break free from your day-to-day -day reality kind of thing you know that it'll leave you more open to to like see different point of views or think about you know even, you know, my childhood and, and the things that I grew up with. Um, always when you're like in different country or exploring or your mind is kind of open up to a lot of, you know, different things. So I think, it, I think it's like huge part of it. And like, I guess in, in our way of living, like as a nomad, you can afford yourself. Like you can afford yourself to take the minute and I don't know, start to practice meditation or mindfulness on, you know, take a step to in in order to get like new different kind of things uh, as your personality grow. Because I think it started for me from the place that, look, this is your life. I mean, there is nothing else. Uh, you don't need to do something else. You don't need to run to an office and actually work nine to five in order to get Put to the table you actually have everything that you're doing right now you have everything that you need go ahead and explore go ahead and and leave you know um so yeah this is like a big part of me but i want to come back for a second if you don't mind to a nomad base uh, really curious uh, to hear your experience over over there like how was it tell us a little bit about what's going on over there it was amazing it was it was an amazing experience it was for me even I would say it was a transforming experience that kicked in a transformation in myself and my like whole situation that I that I'm currently in with this whole separation and thing going on. The most amazing thing I felt like I'm more I would consider myself an introvert. So I'm not really a person that can go that easily into those such things, events or something like that and 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 uh, talk to uh, foreign people. But the way they welcomed you and the way they they kind of gave you a, a soft start into that community was so amazing. They welcomed you from the day one on, from the first minute on. You were part of them and you were, it was a warm welcome and you you felt comfortable. You, you were asked questions, the whole discussions that I had. I mean, the first encounters that I had, of course, there's always the, like this question, who are you, where are you from, why are you here, right? And then in my current situation, of course, it's quite 
fast, go quickly that you have to say why I'm here. I mean, why I'm here because I'm going through aspiration. But do you want to share that with a foreign person that you just knew? And I was really scared on that. And then after telling a little bit, the reaction was so welcoming that I felt totally comfortable to share my story. And then it felt even better because then it was authentic. And then you got that authentic feedback that the people were not judging you at all. They are not at all judging. So they would say, yeah, well, that's life. That's that's life what you're experiencing. And look, I had similar experiences or I went through that past a couple of years ago and I solved it this and that way, you know. And that is true with personal development, but it's also true with business development on that conference. So there's a lot of talks about challenges that you encounter in your developing your business, and they take you for serious, even if you're a starter, even if you're a newbie, even if you're a beginner, they take you for serious and they talk to you. And it happened to me, I was talking to a guy and it turned out that this guy is like, uh, consulting the, the largest companies in the U.S. for personal development, I was like, oh, okay, shoot, I just talked to them, you know, to him, like, as it, as it was a friend, you know, so, um, and it, it was just amazing, that is absolutely wow. amazing. Amazing, um, just a quick question about that, then, uh, being said that you had a lot of, um, most of you experienced a lot of problems, uh, especially that's a nomad community talking uh, I was curious, what's the hardest challenge you've encountered that, you know, made you think twice and made you, like, uh, doubt uh, continuing your dream being a digital nomad? I mean, the biggest challenge is still, I, I'm not completely done with that process yet, is literally, that is what I realized already, is that my relationship, is my marriage is probably coming to an end if I continue that. It's most likely the way. Yeah. So realizing that on the one hand but emotionally getting it are two different things yeah. i realize it from the logical perspective i do not want it from the emotional perspective yet but on the other hand i want that life and i think striving for happiness and striving for personal fulfillment is the most important thing in life because you have only that one you have only those years that are given to you and I would say this is the, the greatest challenge to see, to say, okay, to, to make an exception now or down the road in the next months or years, not knowing what it would mean for the future. You maybe give up your marriage, but do you get more? Currently, you think maybe yes, but you don't know, right? Yeah. You always have to make decisions without knowing the whole information, right? Yeah. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. I know like each like personal kind of things that related to I don't know how to even call it changing the way you're actually wired, right? So yeah. we're kind of wired all our life to live in the same kind of tune or do the same thing, go to work, get married, have yeah. kids, settle down. So of course this is really important. Like this is the things that are important, but I think um, a lot of nomads didn't in a lot of different levels. So I felt that with my family, because obviously I have grandparents that are getting older and you don't know like what's going on. Are you going like for two, three years now, like I did a few years ago? Um, and what's going to happen? You know, am I missing? Um, you know, there's like weddings and children in the families that... I'm not going to be there as yeah. the uncle or whatever it is to, you know, to experience it. But as you said, it's like really kind of the scale of, well, it's hard to say that, even, you know, this is always the emotional part, I think, in a lot of the conversations that we're having. Um, like giving up or just let go everything that you know so far in order to get to a new experience or to get to a new way it's really make you kind of make it transform of I, I call it a new life. It's kind of full on new life. The the life that I had in Australia and then back home and then that I have right now, totally different thing. Like it's a totally different mindset, totally different like kind of energy or motivation in your body. Um that I personally can say, I mean, really like with heavy heart, um I had to make it. Like I meant to yeah. make the the change the turn to just 
yeah, I had like something really comfortable, something really good. Uh, but I so want to experience. I know there's yeah. like more, yeah. more to experience, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, um, there is the saying, you are the average of the five people that are around you. Um, and that's why I think even as a nomad, it's more important than, than as a, yeah, in a usual life is having that community. Um, because that's what I also like felt in the nomad based live event. If you are there with 250 people that just do it and they kind of inspire you, right. They influence you, um, your friends at home. They do as well, but they maybe are living the standard life. So they influence you with that. And they can't help you with that step out there to change something. The community of nomads, they can because they did it, right? Mm -hmm. And they are there to support you. Yep. And that's even for me as an introvert, that actually takes its energy, his energy from, from being alone. And I absolutely do that. I definitely. Um, I need the community to to get the st stabilization of my step into it right so that's why it's super important yeah I love it that. love it I totally agree all right let's talk about Cape Town as like a place to be a nomad in how is it to be in you know a nomad over there how is the internet how is like the yeah. I know the change of the culture even you know I right now experience like really bad yeah, I'm sorry to say that like for me it's really like <laughs> really hard because we are in San Pedro Atitlan, beautiful, most amazing place, but it's like coming back to the 70s. It took me like maybe a month, a good old month <laughs> to get into the Settle. culture and get into the vibe. Yeah, everything like changed. I was like everything much open for me and I see the things like in much different ways. Uh, but I want to hear you about Cape Town, like how you experienced it, yeah. how is it to be like a digital nomad in Cape Town? I would say it's probably one of the best cities in the world to be a digital nomad. I mean, of course, I also had that weird picture of South Africa. I mean, we all think of Africa like the bushes and like there's uh, there's crime everywhere and, you know, and I mean, it is. Yes, it is not like Europe. It's not the safest place. Definitely. I've heard stories of be, of people being robbed and whatever on the open street in the middle of the day. I have to say I felt more safe there than in Latin America. Um, of course, you have to say Cape Town, especially Cape Town. And then that district I have been living in mainly is a bubble. That is not Africa. That's for sure not Africa. That's why it's also for all you asked about infrastructure, internet, things like that. It's super perfect. There is one annoying thing that they have recently that's called load shedding. So they, they disable the power supply for a couple of hours per day. And that is like rotating. So it can be in the middle of your business hours. You have to find solutions for that. Um, I resulted by technology. I mean, I, I got a battery for my Wi-Fi and backed it up. So I just uh, had the Wi-Fi running and I was working in the dark. I mean, it doesn't matter. At least I have, I have Wi-Fi. That's <laughs> um, <I'm> sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the most important thing as a knowledge, right? No, I mean, um, but apart from that, apart from that load shedding thing, the infrastructure is just perfect, especially in Cape Town. You can move around by Uber. You have uh, really good streets. You have a lot of uh, Airbnb renting. You have um, the ocean right there. You have the nature, like a hop out of the city. So um, you don't even have to travel somewhere to do your after work trip or whatever hiking thing. Um, there is a huge nomad scene, even apart from nomad base. I mean, we were ruling the city, of course, uh, in that week. Um, but then afterwards, there was a huge community of digital nomads that were flocking in. Like that was super active. We had a WhatsApp group that was organizing the whole thing. Um, and there's a lot of cultural activities going on it's not necessarily the african cultural thing so you can do salsa classes there you can do uh i don't know go for really super interesting restaurants you can go for shows you you have you have concerts you have you have everything there and i would say that makes it a really lovely place because to connect to what i said in the beginning i had to shift even though i knew it 
because people said, hey, Cape Town is not that Africa that you have in mind. And I have to admit that now. It is almost US style, I would say, from the infrastructure, streets and things. And so it is perfect. It is really perfect. The safety thing is maybe one thing you have to deal with. But I mean, don't move around at night. Take an Uber yeah. and then you're fine. Almost everywhere. I mean, now, <laughs> nowadays, like, yeah, exactly. Nowadays, it's like anywhere in the world, yeah. pretty much. Uh, exactly. I don't think there's like one safe place in the world anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me ask you a little bit more about Cape Town. First of all, the, about your research. I mean, did you look for nomad base and then you decided to move and take the experience of three months or you like kind of target Cape Town and look? what community there are there and found them? No, I went to uh, the Digital Nomad Conference in Berlin, the German one, in May 2022, uh, May last year. And there, wa- there were a couple of people that were saying, oh, we are just coming from nomad-based life. We went to Croatia. And I said, okay, nomad-based, what is that? I Googled it. And then on the first hint on the website, I saw, wow, there's a conference in November in Cape Town. You have not <laughs> been in the south part of Africa. You have never been to Cape Town. And there is a Nomad conference. I think I'm in. And then there was even shortly after they said as a side program, they would do a safari. I was like, I never did a safari. So where do I have to sign up? You know, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was the best. That's pandemic. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, That's amazing. Research Cape Town. I did not even take Cape Town into account for traveling. Honestly, Nothing. Just jump into it. Honestly, and and, and that felt that felt even like that. I was a bit afraid of South Africa. Oh yeah. You know, I traveled almost all all countries in South America, which I think is comparingly unsafe. I was like, and when I when I was on the plane and the plane was landing there in Cape Town, I was like, okay, well, you are here. You have to get out now. You have to get out of the airport of the safe safe space of the airport. Find your way to that hotel, and this is a new continent. It's a new place. It's like, um, how does that work? You know. But it turned out to be the same thing as everywhere. Be Mary. like attentional, be open to it, and just jump into. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, I, wow, bro, it's it's amazing that uh, spontaneic kind of it's amazing. And I think that this is something, the things that you experience over there, like with the safety part, um, I think it's like a lot of people having it in a lot of different ways. I experienced over here in Mexico and Guatemala for like, wow, I was so intense. Like I'm traveling obviously with my fiance right now. Um, so like I, I hold her hand. No, we are not moving. I mean, until safety, until the house, you're... When you understand like the differences of the stories that people telling because they heard about something, 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 and, and it's kind of like you know a snowball that moving around Guatemala like changed in the past ten years completely. Yes, the city is not safe. Uh, of course, like part of it are not safe. Part of it are really, you know, we we walked over there. We didn't feel anything. I I walked my dog and and going around in like midnight and you don't feel nothing you see the police officers everybody's so nice good morning good evening nothing you know you don't actually feel it um so i think it's kind of i don't know myth and 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 kind of travel stories that people telling and that maybe the locals gonna feel it like much more than us let's say um because anyway we're sitting like most of our day like on the computer or whatever in bed or in like coffee shop or in your house you're not experienced that much of i don't know the hardest or the black bad places etc 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 this is like kind of my realization from here that is totally true i mean you have the option to do um to explore that was that part of, of life there i went for example on a guided tour to kailicha which is the largest township there. I did the same thing back then in Brazil in, in Rio de Janeiro, um, but um, to Rosinha. But, um, and I think this is also essential when traveling to see the other part. And this is maybe one thing that is really um, in South Africa, really super, super present. I did a self-driving tour for 12 days now in the end along the garden road so i rented a car and was just driving on my own 
Uh, that's actually the part where I also kind of connect to that introvert thing because I said I need my 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 me time, and that was super nice. I I I took that much out of that time, just sitting in on the, in the ocean writing my journal, and you know. But um, in that part, South Africa is super polarizing. I mean, you are passing super villas that are protected by I don't know how many security guides that are fenced, that are electro-fenced even. And then you drive five minutes and then there's the next township. So it follows like 10 minutes of distance of driving. And I've never had that that way in any country so far. I, I'm totally yeah. with you. Um... Keep going and talk about Cape Town because it's really interesting, really drill down over there. Like what you actually, how is your day to day, uh, what to do over there. Uh, some of the, you know, tips after you, you know, been there three months, I'm sure that you have like travel hacks and chips that you can share with the audience over here. Um, or we can go back to any other country that you actually want to talk about from your experience i think if it, is it safe to say that cape town was your biggest experience as a nomad yeah it was the first experience as a nomad definitely i mean all the others were always like vacation traveling yeah. uh, even though it was a little bit longer than vacations because i took unpaid vacations or i even like uh, safe vacation days and then used them for in, in, in one year and i was traveling like um I was traveling Argentina and Chile for two months. I was traveling Southeast Asia for two months. Of course, an essential thing, once you have to work, the whole thing changes, right? Because then suddenly you don't have the whole day available anymore, um, depending on the time zone, which can also be a challenge. Um, but in, in uh, South Africa, for example, I did not have basically nothing of the day because it's the same time zone as in Europe. So I had maybe two hours and in the end of the day. But honestly, that was already a privilege. But because in Germany, it was dark at 4 p.m., right? And I was working until locally, until 6, and still had two hours sunshine and could see the sunset every day. Um, so um, still then, it is possible to explore something. I was going on hikes, like in the morning. I got up at 6, did a hike until 8, got a shower, started working at 9 which was eight in, in, in Europe. So um, totally great. You know, you wow. can combine that. And um, I would say, yeah, this is my first experience. So that's why I cannot really share anything as a nomad for another country. But I can imagine that if you take advantage of those time zone shifts, yeah. then there are so many nice locations that you can make use for you and work for you. And well... What is better than that? That's amazing to know. Um, Absolutely. Knowing that you get to, uh, you know, change your routine when you're in different uh, country, um, do you, can you say that you could be a different person when you're on another country or another place, especially when you travel? Uh, that, is that a factor of why you also want to continue on being a digital nomad and travel from different places? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have always been and this was even reflected by friends uh, with whom I was traveling and yeah. even my wife I have always been another person on vacation traveling always yeah. I have been much easier I have been much more relaxed much more um, you know accepting that it doesn't work like like I'm used to the things work as a German you know uh, now with that nomad experience, I mean, I was just working those two months. I was working three weeks. Um, then my project came to an end, and I have a new one now. If you take that more being more relaxed, that means that you are also more relaxed in your work time, yeah. right? Because it's the whole thing you change as a person in that situation. Yes. So I think this gives you a lot of strength for mm -hmm. for getting your work done as well. It improves so... lifestyle in a way as well. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's that's exactly the point. It is not only, uh, and, and this, I think this is essential, it is not only combining vacation with working, like yeah. a workation, yes. but it's like, it. I mean, there is 25 degrees out there, there is blue sky, there is sunshine. I can definitely work better than I could in back in Germany in November, December, where it's gray and snowing and cold. And, you know, I mean. In an office, yeah. Wow. Um, love the input. Love the input. Um, getting into the, the time differences, because for me, it's a real struggle. Uh, I really feel it. 
But the good thing that I think like the flexibility uh, that in the in the process of like choosing your own hours, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, like business owner, uh, solopreneur or anyone that, yeah, actually feeling it, okay, and handling clients and everything. I personally changed my day completely. So my team meets me in their morning, their evening, and my day is kind of split up. Um, so I'm waking up really early, watching the sun, like the sun uh, rise, getting into work a few hours, then I have like all of the afternoon uh, free. So I'm going to the lagoon, I'm going like traveling, I'm going to drink the coffee, even drinking a beer if it's like if I don't have meeting in the evening. All Gucci, all nice. And in the evening, I have like another session with the team. Yeah, as you mentioned, like being relaxed and be kind of, okay, let's 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 be open. Okay, you don't need to work straight up nine hours a day. You can split it to three hours here, four hours there, and kind of have a routine as long as you stay productive, as long as it's not like taking you back for, you know, for the past couple of weeks, I really, really, really like, sat into it and the girls can actually like hello i can tell you over here and <laughs> um, i was really on it i didn't miss any meeting i put it to myself yeah. as like you know no matter what i'm not missing any meeting i'm not gonna cancel if someone's gonna cancel no worries <laughs> i'm not canceling anything i have like a full-time work and i want to prove that i can handle three four hours in the morning three four hours in the evening and i'm good to go um, and it's actually working for me. It's working really amazing. I feel like much more energetic, um, as you can see and <laughs> yeah, hear. I'm really energetic all the time. But yeah, <laughs> I, um, I honestly, I, I envy you for that because that's my greatest challenge that I still have as a freelancer in software development. Honestly, that's was the, the the super challenge because we are tightly integrated, at least in the German market, into the clients' uh, teams. So I'm I'm tightly working with them, even if I should not, because of legal issues, but I do. So I still have to work nine to five uh, in German hours. Yeah. So I cannot just split it like you do. I envy you for that totally. I want to reach that point, definitely. I want to like educate my client and say, okay, look, it doesn't matter when I do it, it just has to be done. That is a mindset that is not yet there. So... But what I did, basically, I had the offer of a friend to visit him in Los Angeles, which wow. is nine, ten hours, ten hours time shift yeah. to Germany, right? Yes. And I was, yes. like, as a German, that was my first thing. Oh, that's ten hours. Um, Sorry, guy, I can't do that. And then I was, like, saying, wait, why not? Why not? Why should exactly. I not just do it and try it? And I did it, and I worked from midnight to nine in the morning had the day and told my friend I have to be in bed by 4 p.m. So I went every day literally to bed at 4 p.m. to get up at midnight again. And it turned out, yes, it was stressful. Yes, it was not that easy, especially when we went on trips on the weekend and then you got out of your schedule, right, of your of your, of your routine. But during the week, it was possible. So with discipline, and even though I had to work those nine hours or eight hours in a row in a kind of in, 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 in one chunk, I had way more time during the day. I had from nine in the morning yeah. until 4 p.m. to explore Los Angeles. Um, discipline. Discipline, it's a, it's a really important thing. Yeah. Tell us uh, how you kept yourself, like, how you maintain an iron fist on everything that regards to the work-life uh, balance. I mean, I am an organized person. I'm a German, so anyways. Um, <laughs> I am an organized person, um, so jumping into freelancing was for me not really that hard. I, I might even be a little bit too perfectionism, uh, perfectionist. That's sometimes a little bit of a problem because then I do the things uh, takes much longer than it should take. Um, but I think I managed that quite well. And so nothing changed that much for me. And when I went to L.A., for example, um, that was a proof to myself that I can be that strongly organized that I can say, okay, I go to bed at 4 p.m. because I know I have to get up at midnight again. And it, it turned that it works and it turned that I can do it and that I am sufficiently organized. So um, I would say, yes, this is definitely a crucial thing to do. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's already if you're a freelancer, if you yeah. run your own business. 
And yeah. even if you stay home, if you run your own business, you have to be organized because nobody tells you when to do, when to do your taxation. Nobody tells you when to do uh, your okay. client's work, when to call the client, so, when to do the invoicing, blah, blah. You have to do that. So it doesn't change that much. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is totally true. I mean, like, what is the difference? Uh, back home, I get like maybe every couple of days, I get like a drop in, in the Internet or electricity or something happen yeah. or I don't know. Stuff like that. So why is so urgent like to judge a place as a digital nomad, right? To, we're judging places by the internet. So yes, Guatemala suck like suckish internet. I'm not gonna lie. It is suckish, but it's still like I, I, I'm working with it. It's all good. Like there's not much of a difference. Um experience the same thing in back home, you know, you have to have the backup, like working online and not necessarily like being a nomad, you know, just exactly. as handle exactly. yeah. exactly. yourself online. Exactly. Yeah. And when I mean, we had that experience with COVID, um, everyone went to the home office. And I mean, honestly, in Germany, yeah, we are a developed country, blah, blah. But we have the worst internet. We have the worst mobile coverage, probably in, in, in a lot of countries in Europe. And, and and honestly, the mobile network in South Africa was definitely much more better than in Germany. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that... Um, that 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 it's more complicated somewhere else you, you have to do your homework of course i mean yeah. i would never travel for example maybe maybe that can be a hint a hint i would never travel to a country like let's say on sunday and then start the next call on monday i arrive on sunday evening and i have no idea about internet issues there right yeah maybe i would then just make it arrive friday or saturday to have one day to organize my setup right? yeah. or I would tell my client okay look I'm traveling I won't be there on Monday I have to organize my stuff right yeah. so I mean it's all about communication as as at home as well yeah yeah I, I totally with you um all right uh, I'm gonna come back to Cape Town uh, just a little bit uh, further tell us like how is Cape Town itself, like as a city, uh, is it like split to zones or areas? And what like area did you live? Can you tell us a little bit about your area? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is totally split. It is it is split in 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 also like um, uh, wealthiness and wealthy uh, regions and and more shaky regions. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, you have mainly the. City business district, CBD, they call that CBD. That's where the tall buildings are. I have been living there as well for a week. Um, you have then back in the part of that part is then the main city that is between basically the Signal Hill and the Table Mountain region. And then gardens, which is more calm. All that region is okay-ish, but you have to be more careful, definitely. And then around the Signal Hill thing, you have Waterfront and Sea Point. And Sea Point is what was actually my favorite place. It is a total bubble, honestly. It is a tourist bubble. Uh, it's a nomad bubble. Um, it's not South Africa and it's not Cape Town, but it's super nice. And uh, there's a lot of restaurants there. There is um, a super, super um, good value for money. And there's a lot of accommodations and you have the ocean right in front of your door. So I was staying there in an in an Airbnb, which was even a little bit led back, but it was in a tall building. So I had actually view to the ocean. I was seeing oh, yeah. all the cruise ships and all the cargo ships passing by while I was in the meeting. And I mean, connecting to what we said before, that gives you another energy, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I was maybe in a shitty meeting and then I saw like a cruise ship crossing there and I was like saying, okay, you know what? Just don't care. I mean, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm with you. Um, all right. Uh, you start to talk about value for money and restaurants. So two really important uh, things for obviously as a nomad, you care about like the restaurant, you care about the cafes and stuff like that because either you work over there or you want to obviously enjoy a little bit and, and go out a little bit. Yeah, relax. Um, so first of all, first question, um, talk to me money-wise. How much, pretty much the expenses in Cape Town for a nomad talking monthly mm. um 
I mean, I have been there in the most expensive uh, season, definitely, especially when I extended my stay, because then it's uh, school vacations as well, it's summer vacations, and uh, Kiptonians are also um, like traveling, or even the South, South African um, population is traveling. Um, when I started to do my research for accommodation, um, when I decided to join the conference, I found a lot of really super nice apartments and really super, super nice apartments, even sometimes with swimming pool and whatever for, yeah, what was that in between, let's say, 40 to 60 euros a, uh, a day, a night, but then you had like a whole apartment, right? Um, then I was like not worried that much and I let it run a bit. And then honestly, I was a little bit late because prices were rising, but it was still affordable. So you pay, I would say you can get along with a nice apartment for uh, 1500 bucks a month. Definitely. That is doable. Uh, it always depends a bit on the location. It depends where you want to be. And accommodation is definitely the most Expensive. expensive part of life in Cape Town, definitely. When it comes to transport and um, like restaurants, um, the value for money is super much better than in Europe, definitely. Um, I mean, you can have a lunch meal that can be Asian. I mean, there's not really um, the South African cuisine. There's is more like a a mixture of everything but if you go like for an, for an asian restaurant for example you can have lunch for six six euros or you have a burger with sides and everything that would be 15 euros and i mean do that in, in germany no way right yeah way. like double probably yeah at least yeah at least and the quality is amazing the food quality oh, yeah. is amazing it's like if they do if they know one thing then they know how to do barbecue um and if they know one thing then they know how to do steaks um so <laughs> that is that is one thing and What's then you mean? have a lot of even even in 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 sea point you have a lot of restaurants that are like uh, catering for the vegan vegan uh cuisine and vegan yeah. people uh and then it's even cheaper right oh yeah all right give us your top five uh, restaurant uh, three five ten <laughs> oh okay <laughs> Well, there was one that was like an Italian one that was a little bit more expensive, but super nice, Ariel, um, the modern Italian cuisine. There's one vegan one that had held like healthy cuisine, healthy food. Um, what was that called? Lexi's. It's all in Seapoint. Then we had a Greek tavern that was super nice, like typical Greek food. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of they have a lot of seafood. I'm not a seafood fan, but uh, fish is okay. Mm -hmm. um then we had for christmas for example we had a super nice um restaurant that was the grand pavillon um which is a little bit south african frenchy i would say um, they have a little bit of french influence yeah they you helped yourself <laughs> did you ever like cook, cook home cooked meals apart no <laughs> i did not use I did not use a single time, honestly, this really? whole kitchen that I had and so on. I mean, what doing? I was I was preparing salads <laughs> and I was preparing my my breakfast because I'm a little bit lazy in going out for breakfast. Honestly, mm -hmm. I need my time to start the day, and I also need to. I mean, yeah, that is yeah. the part. If you go out every day, then you should also care about your health a bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would not do that when coming back. I would maybe say, okay, let's cook. let's keep it a little lower and cook yourself. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, let's see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have to work. You know, it's again this thing. I have to work these nine hours in a row. Yeah. So I have one. I have one hour lunchtime. I mean, if I start preparing something and then eat it, then it takes me one and a half. It's two like hours. A, yeah, yeah. Preserve the time. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So and then if it's that cheap, then I mean, hmm. yeah, why not? Yes, and experience. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I mean, right now, if I'm even gonna go every day, I'm still cooking. We're still cooking, uh, like over here in the house and everything. But yeah. even if I'm gonna go to a restaurant every day, it's still gonna be cheaper than what I used to pay on grocery, regular grocery back home. You know. Uh, so, what do you, you try to compare it? So, say, okay, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, the health, the healthcare thing is an issue um, because always, of course, prepared food out there is not that healthy than you could do it your own. First of all, um, so far, amazing interview. I really, really, yes. really enjoyed it. Um, tell us your plans for 2023. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I have to kind of settle my, my private situation. That is one thing that kind of holds me back a bit. But um, I, don't, I don't know yet how that goes. And, and I, I simply don't, don't know. So I do make my plans um, anyways. Um, so I would say down the road the next two through two to three months are a little bit shaky i'm not yet sure yet how long i stay in germany i don't want to stay here too long with the winter but i do get some upgrades for my van so i have to bring it to the workshops and i have to do some stuff and that takes some time and so on and that's all in germany so, uh, so you got a project uh, at least you got a project over there exactly i have a project <laughs> I mean, it's already aligned now I'm, I'm super super happy about that that i have the appointments already and I was thinking of visiting a friend in Lisbon. Honestly, I do have a lot of invitations already of those nomads that I met in Cape Town. Uh, some of them are going in March to Madeira. So that was one thing, like maybe visiting that friend in Lisbon and then hop over to Madeira. Wow. So like that, I want to do amazing. van life because I want to experience yes. van life for at least three months in a row to see if that's my style as well. Yeah, uh, I I run some like I I did some van life in Australia, um, yeah, um, so that was that was amazing. Um, I mean, it's kind of I'm not sure if my back can actually handle it right now when I'm like ten years after almost. So I'm not sure about it. It have to be like super comfortable and like super. I believe that you have something like super like top class and stuff like that. Um, but it is like experience. Like, if you think that nomad free, like doing van life, running full on van life for three months, it's completely like no strange and completely free. You can wake up every day in different beach or different area. Wake up one day in the forest, one day in in the mountain, one day in the city. Uh, tips for nomads that just starting. Yeah. Or I would say, decide. yeah, if you're interested in that lifestyle, then um, try it out. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to tear down your base at home. You don't have to leave the country like lots of nomads do. I'm still registered in Germany. I pay my taxes in Germany. Yes, that is yeah, shitty, same. but... I do it. Yeah. So you can keep your base, rent out your apartment. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe really rent it out. Like <laughs> sub, sublet it because keep then it makes out. you feel like it's gone, right? It's a, it's a psychological trick. Yeah. Rent it out for half a year and then just travel and try to work. And I mean, if you have um, like a job that is um, permanent employment, then of course you should align that with your employer for sure. I, I would never advise you to just do it. Uh, I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's regulations. If you're a freelancer, then why not? Then just try it and you always can come back, right? Yeah. And yeah. nobody says that you have to do that for, I mean, you don't have to do it for a couple of years to be a nomad. You don't even have to do it for a couple of months. And it, nobody says that you are not a nomad if you're coming back for a couple of months in your home country. I mean, what is a nomad anyways? So try it. That's the thing. Try it. And then find out if it's your point. Find out if it's working for you. If not, then come back. And it's not a shame to come back, right? So just... Try yeah. it. Let's try it. Love it. Yeah, I love Beautiful. it. Beautiful. And uh, one thing that stuck right. into my mind, Ben uh, Timo said, is oh, like, yeah, please. why not? It's a why not? Mindset. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Why not? Why not? Um, love it. Um, all right. So, Timo, thank you so much for joining. Um, it was amazing, amazing, amazing uh, interview, amazing show. I really love the energy and I love the mindset and we can see, like I can see that you're in the in kind of a transforming journey right now and yeah. honestly I we will be honored to have you back come back uh, for a live show even 
and yeah. that we're going to start uh, in the future later on. Um, and yeah, and basically I'm sure that we're going to have like more direct questions right now that we have like something specific. I'm sure that you're going to have like a few more experience. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, first of all, thank you for my side. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was super, it was a pleasure. It was super, super easy. It was super uh, nice talking to you guys. And I would definitely be interested in being in the live shows. So if you start with that, yeah. just come back to me. We are connected on, on Instagram and that's actually even a good thing already, the good point. If you want to know more, then connect and subscribe. Follow the Instagram profile of Colini Kanana. You can also follow mine, of course. Yes. So worth to, uh, really absolutely worth to uh, follow. So yeah, guys, if you know, if you want to know more, then just uh, check out our profiles and uh yeah, follow the whole thing. I mean, uh, live shows would be super, um, super amazing. That would be awesome. Uh, and I think we should definitely do that. You should do that. And uh, I, I loved it. I, I really loved it. And I can just encourage others to come here and do the interview or even do the live shows then. So uh, share, share, share and go out there, explore, just do it. Life is too short to stay home. Definitely. And I mean, traveling is really the best investment. There's nothing that gives you more interest rates, higher interest rates than traveling. <laughs> so, Amazing.